Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back, everybody, to uh, yet another episode of The Green Room. I mean, three in a week and a half. This is uh, getting a little out of control, Uh, but obviously a lot going on as March is here, finally. Um, so the uh, basketball season is finally kicking into some high gear. I'm Tony Paul, joined today not just by Matt Charbonneau. Hello, Matthew. But also, hi, Tony. hi. But also <laughs> our, uh, our esteemed Michigan beat writer, James Hawkins, um, to break down the, uh, the huge games coming up uh, in the next uh, few days here. Of course, um, yeah, you know, big, game for, big games for Michigan, trying to maintain their uh, spot on the one line. Um, after the loss, uh, stunning loss against Illinois last night. Um, and uh, Michigan State, of course, trying to claw their way into safely into the NCAA tournament field. They play Thursday at U of M and then Sunday uh, at East Lansing. So um, I guess uh, I'm going to, because we don't get him very often and he's, he's such a chatterbox, I'm going to start with James Hawkins um, to discuss uh, last night's game um, uh, against uh, Illinois, which I don't, you know, I mean, I guess Michigan was due for a dub like this. Most teams usually are, but the way they played and the way they destroyed elite competition, I'm not sure anyone really saw this coming. Uh, no, not at all. Um, it was kind of strange though, too, because I feel like that game, just watching it from, from the first few minutes, it just felt like it was just, it just had a weird vibe. It just felt like things were off. It felt like Michigan was playing tight and tense for some reason. Um, and yeah, I mean, their defense couldn't have gotten off to a better start. I think, you know, they held Illinois to like eight points or something over the first eight minutes of the game, but they're just completely out of sorts and passive on, on, on offense. And it was, it was almost like they just said the tables turned on them, like what they were doing to, you know, the opposition throughout the entire, throughout the entire big 10 slate kind of just happened to them. Um, they just got caught into taking all these bad looks from mid range and obviously Kofi Coburn's size, um, bothers a lot of teams where it seemed to particularly bother Michigan uh, getting into the rim. And, and a big thing was it just seemed like everything was they just got stuck into all these isolation one-on-one plays and there's just a lot of dribbling, a lot of stagnant possessions and just settling for a lot of tough looks. Um, and I mean, obviously, Michigan, they like to go through the post through Hunter Dickinson, um, but then he was just in foul trouble. And I mean, just with, with him getting taken out of the game so much, it just kind of threw their offense off for them, you know, and they just weren't able to gave gain any sort of momentum or traction or anything um, during that game. So, so yeah, like you said, I mean, they were due for a loss, um, but I just don't think anyone saw, you know, them just getting run out of their own building against an Illinois team that was without, you know, their star player, Ayo Dosumu. Um, So it was, it was definitely pretty jarring. And I think just the biggest thing was just that, I mean, Michigan, they just, their effort and their energy just, it just paled in comparison uh, to Illinois. And, And what was obviously, the biggest game to date, given that Michigan was playing for, you know, the, the Big Ten regular season title and their first title, you know, since 2014. Right. It's a lot to digest there. It's also a lot of words from you. I think those are the most words you've spoken in the last year. Uh, so I appreciate <laughs> you saving them for it this out. moment. 
Thank you. I really appreciate you breaking it down. Illinois wins 76 to 53, um, which obviously, I mean, it doesn't, I, I, I don't think it affects Michigan um, standing a ton, but what it does do, um, I believe, is it kind of at least opens the door to the possibility that maybe Michigan State could pick one of these games off. I think if you asked before the Illinois game, you know, I think Michigan State fans would be hopeful, but probably not very optimistic that they could, you know, pick one of these off. And these are two huge games for Michigan State. They have done amazing work to, you know, go from basically dead two weeks ago to to on the bubble now um, with uh, especially, you know, with a big win over Indiana last night, 64 to 58, a game they had to have. And now you look at it and, you know, all along we've thought, and Matt and I talked about this, that if Michigan State wins one of these two games against Michigan, it's awfully hard to keep them out of the tournament, given that they would have beaten number two now, number four and number five in the last week and a half. Um, it's awfully tough to keep them out. Um, but as Matt and I talked last week, you know, Michigan State would have been wiser to, to win that game against Maryland and Indiana to just solidify it before these two games. They, they misstepped on the Maryland game. They won against Indiana. Um, one, uh, but now, Matt, um, see what you've seen over the last five games, Michigan State's won four or five against good competition. Now what you, you see yesterday with Michigan, what, uh, what's the expectation or, or, or thought going into it? I got to be honest. I don't, I don't think what happened with Michigan and Illinois Tuesday night changes a whole lot of how Michigan State sees this or, or anything, really, because, I mean – I feel like everyone's going to have games like that. And I'm what I'm actually surprised at is Michigan didn't, didn't have one of these sooner, um, considering they had a 23-day break in there too. And just this season, I think you look around, it seems like there's more of those. And it doesn't necessarily speak to a team suddenly not being any good. Um, it's just one of those nights where you, you just don't have it. I think that's more common this year. So I don't, I don't think that has a whole lot of bearing on these next two games, to be honest. Um, the same way the way Michigan State went and played at Maryland, with no energy at all. I didn't think that guaranteed how they were going to play last night against Indiana. So I think when you look at this as a whole, as we've talked about from the Indiana game a week and a half ago to now, I mean, it's, it's hard to, to find too much fault with Michigan state. Yeah. We can sit there and nitpick about the Maryland game, but the fact that they've gone on this run to put themselves in this position, I think is what's really impressive. Now the, the reality is, this is a team that is is running on almost E at this point. I mean, you saw it against – certainly against Maryland. You saw it to a certain extent against Indiana, which makes beating Michigan even – look, beating Michigan at 100% is going to be hard. Um, beating it in the condition they're in right now is going to be even tougher. That said, I, I in these rivalry games, we've seen Michigan State clearly can beat high-level competition. We've also seen that they can lose by 30. Mm -hmm. Um it makes yeah. this – it's such an intriguing two games because I feel like we always have a really good idea of, of what both teams are. We have a really good idea of what Michigan is. I don't – I'm throwing last night out. It feels like throw out your worst test score to me. I'm not worried about that. We know what Michigan is. We're still a little unsure what you're getting from Michigan State every night, which makes it so hard to kind of predict what we're going to see. You know, I mean, the matchups say Michigan's the better team. But you know what? Matchups said that with Illinois and Ohio State. Um and they found a way to get it done. So, you know, I, I think the optimism might still, it's not, you know, I think most Michigan State fans admit, hey, look, and Tom Izzo did last night. Michigan's not only the best team in the Big Ten, they're probably one of the, they're obviously one of the best teams in the country. Um, 
so, you know, th there's that optimism. You can pull off the upset. You've already done it. Yeah. Uh, you know, doing it's a whole nother thing. I just think they're in a tough spot right now physically, but they do it. And we can forget about all this bubble nonsense. You, you win one of these games, yeah, take that key and chuck it. I mean, you're, you're in, you're in right. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously you're right. If they would have beat Maryland and Indiana, I think I think that would have done too, it. Yeah, but, yeah I think that but like it's not like Maryland stinks. So right, but my know, point, my yeah. point was though, is that Michigan had this aura of invincibility. They did um, yeah. for a long stretch. I mean, the dismantling um, Iowa, you know, and good teams, and and that game against Ohio State was so impressive. It was the invincibility factor that kind of got knocked down a peg, and so that's why. I'm not saying yeah. Michigan State's going to win either of these games. Frankly, I don't think they will. And there's a very good potential, um, given the inside game matchup, that, that both of these could be blowouts. But the invincibility is gone, and that that that's kind of what I was. Um, that's kind of what I was pointing at. That you know, it seems more possible, at least after yeah. what we saw last night, because Michigan finally looked human for once. You're probably right too, but I think Michigan State has. There's a little bit they found something, especially with you know, trying to defend teams in the post. And, and, and I think it's, it's clear they've, they've accepted the fact they got a lot of bodies in there and now we're just going to beat the hell out of the teams and, yeah. you know, and they're going to get a lot of fouls and it's kind of like, well, some of them might not get called and the ones that are, they're going to go to the line. And if, you know, they even miss a few, they come out ahead. They've got four guys to use fouls and they're doing it. I mean, look at what they did against Coburn last week. Um, certainly Liddell at Ohio State didn't do much. And, I, you know, I, I would expect the same thing. I mean, Trace Jackson Davis scored nine points last night after scoring 34 in the first meeting. Um, so I feel like they think they've got something that might, might work, you know. So I would expect Dickinson is going to spend his share, fair share of time at the free throw line. Is that uh, why Tom Izzo said that Jack Hoiberg should expect to play? I don't know about that. I think that's more just overall. You can pick, up, all, you can pick up the fouls. Yeah, that's more overall. They're all out of gas, um, but they're going to use every guy in there, and it's they're going to make Dickinson earn everything he gets. And it, you know, you're right; it might not work out, but I I feel like they think they they've seen this defensively as being effective, and this is more what Michigan State is. Look, I mean, they've always wanted to be the physical team, the team that kind of comes after you, and now they're actually doing it. Whereas in you know, the first two thirds of the year, their post guys were just kind of getting out of the way and, you know, laying out the red carpet for everybody in this conference. So there's, they at least have that feeling there, but the invincibility, maybe you may be right. Maybe, maybe they see that Tuesday night and see, you know, maybe that's a little crack, but I got a feeling Michigan's going to come back right in these games, quite uh, motivated to not have those performances either. So right. we'll see. I, uh, I think what stands out about these matchups is just, um, it's been a while since the gap was as big, um, at least on Michigan's side, over Michigan State. And, and so that's kind of why we've seen Michigan State have a superior, far superior team to Michigan in recent years um, and seen Michigan still pick off some of those games. But we haven't really seen Michigan be the far superior team in a long time. And uh, so that's kind of where I'm interested to see how this plays down. Um, in the Detroit News later today, DetroitNews.com, and, and tomorrow, Matt and James will be previewing this game, and James is going to be doing the matchups, which um, uh, I would assume, James, uh, entirely favor Michigan. Yeah, I think um, – I mean, yeah, I think they have a, an edge in most most categories. Um, where's the key, though? What's the key? I mean, where's the key? And from, from yesterday to Thursday, what – Where's Michigan have to, uh, you know, pick things up a little bit um, going up against Michigan State? 
Well, I think just the big key is Hunter. Cause I mean, if you just look at Michigan's right. two losses this, this season against Minnesota and against Illinois, it was kind of Hunter was kind of, you know, thrown out of rhythm. I mean, they, they like to go through him, go through the post. And I mean, he's clearly been a, a difference maker this entire season. I mean, in the game at, at Minnesota, the Gophers were just relentless in throwing double teams at him anytime he touched the ball and he kind of got flustered and frustrated and he didn't know, kind of know how to handle those double teams. Um, so I just kind of threw their offense out of whack that entire game. And, and against Illinois, I mean, he just, and Kofi's a mountain of a person. And I mean, obviously right. Minnesota, um, Leon Robbins is another seven footer too. So, I mean, Hunter's the, the, the two bad games that Michigan has had, the two duds is when Hunter has had to go up against other guys, his size. And I don't think, you know, Michigan State has anyone uh, that, can, that can match uh, uh, Dickens' uh, measurables. So um, I think they're going to have the edge there. But I just think that's kind of been the key. If you just look at, I mean, the common theme for, for Michigan's losses, it's just kind of been that teams have been able to, to kind of frustrate and fluster uh, Hunter. I mean, like I said, with Minnesota, it was the double teams. And with Illinois, it was he just kind of got in foul trouble. And he kind of was just sitting on the bench for long stretches. And when he was on the bench in the second half after picking up that third foul, that's when Illinois just went on a run and just blew the game wide open uh, was when, was when Hunter was on, on the bench. And I don't think that's a coincidence, coincidence at all. Um, but the one matchup I'm looking forward to is kind of whoever Aaron Henry goes up against um, if that's Isaiah livers or, or Franz Wagner, or whatever, just because Henry's a man on a mission and has been putting, you know, Michigan state on his back. Um, so I think that's just going to be the, probably the, one of the more intriguing matchups just, just, just to see uh, how that goes down just because Isaiah livers and Franz Wagner are both, kind of been elevating their play um, as of late too. Um, but Aaron Henry is just on another level and just trying to drag, you know, the Spartans uh, to the NCAA across the fin- Yeah, he's really, yeah, trying to drag him across the finish line, basically. Sharps, thoughts? Well, I, I think, like I, you know, like, like I said earlier, I think James is right. Michigan State doesn't have a guy to match up with Dickinson at all. I mean, they didn't have a guy with Coburn or anybody else out there. But I, I think, they're, they're just going to, they're going to try and make life difficult for him. And they're going to understand he's going to get his points because they're not, they don't love double teaming bigs because Tom is was absolutely paranoid about teams beating them from three point range. And Michigan is a team that can 100% do that. Um, so I, I would not suspect a whole lot of double teams on Hunter Dickinson. And maybe that's, we can debate whether that's the right move. I just don't expect it, you know, for Michigan state tomorrow night. I, I think they will use all four of their bigs. Every single one of them will have three to four fouls or more. Um, and they're just going to try and make, they're just going to try and make it tough on Dickinson because w- when they really struggled early in the year, these big guys were getting the ball so deep and it was easy to score. What they've been able to do the last few games is at least get these guys further away from the basket and make it a little bit tougher. So if they can do that and at least, and maybe frustrate Dickinson a little bit more, like we, you know, like, like as James said, in the two games, he seemed to struggle with things a little bit. That's their best bet. I'm not saying it's, you know, it is what it is. They they don't have one guy. They don't have Xavier Tillman out there again, you know, to shut down a guy on his own like he did with Luca Garza and guys last year. So that's going to be huge. And of course, Aaron Henry, you're right. I mean, he's he's just been so effective for Michigan State, but he can't do it alone. Gabe Brown has continued to play well. Believe it or not, Michigan State's better when he's on the floor, both offensively and defensively, which is a little surprising. Um, and Josh Langford, is he going to, he's running out of gas too. I feel like all these guys, they're all important, but Michigan state's got to take care of the ball here. Look at the big difference last night. They had eight turnovers in the first half and it was a miserable half. They turned it over once in the second half. Not that it was 
that much better offensively, but you stop giving away possessions. And that's so critical. If they continue to do that, they've got a chance. I mean, that, that's what you're saying in this game. Not like we got to do all these things to win. It's all these things just to give yourself a chance. And then you got to hope Michigan, Michigan misses some shots, makes a few more mistakes than usual. It's got to all line up perfectly, but I, I think Michigan State feels like there's a path to it. It's just got to all click for them and, We'll see. We'll see if they've right. got. I, I just wonder if I just wonder how much they have in the tank. It's it sounds like an excuse, but it is reality. I mean, they've played so many games, and Tom as I was even saying last night, maybe maybe we shouldn't have agreed to some of those games right out of the gate after the COVID thing. But he was he was just all about getting all twenty games in. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like we're going to get all twenty games in now, but maybe maybe we should have not played a couple of them. Who knows? But. Six games in the last two weeks is rough, and you happen to go out with the toughest the toughest team is 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 a tough matchup. Well, you know, it's it's interesting how this schedule is played out because you you look at uh, you know it's really about who you play and when you play them, and uh, yeah, you know, Michigan State, you know, they they're taking you know they're really stepping up to a, to a tough finish. You look at you know, Mar- you know just comparison Maryland, you know, they had a rough start, they had a brutal schedule out of the gate, struggled, and now they're taking advantage of an easier schedule. And it's kind of vice versa here with Michigan State. So um, it will be interesting. It'd be interesting to see how Hunter Dickinson responds. Uh, as he is a freshman. He doesn't look like one. Um, but he is a freshman. He, he responded, obviously, after the poor, poor Minnesota game. He's won, you know, all the Big Ten Freshman of the Week awards, I think, except last week. Um, uh, and uh, so, I, you know, I expect him to respond well. But um, just um, before we wrap up here, let's just uh, kind of just – agree or, or discuss um, we'll start with Matt Mich- we agree pretty much Michigan State just needs one win here if they don't get the win here then what has to happen in the Big Ten tournament because uh, yeah. I do think I do think if they lose both of these they probably I, I think they need to do something in Indy I probably but it would it would only be to me it would almost just be because it'd be cosmetic and you wouldn't want a 500 team in the tournament, and it would be only to, because yeah. of that. And because you don't, want the NCAA, you don't want to give the NCAA committee because they have a tough job to do this year. I, they so do. Factors. You don't want to give them a reason to say no. You're right, and it, but it, it would be interesting. I mean, I, I I was comparing them with Rutgers yesterday. When you look at their resumes, they're almost identical. I mean, they're the same team. They they beat each other, and they both beat the crap out of each other. They have got the same quad one wins, the same everything, and they're like thirty spots apart on the net and Rutgers is in solidly and Michigan state's on the Rutgers doesn't have a win at all. Like Michigan state does. It's kind of weird. So yeah, you don't want to go into that that last weekend and now you're a 500 team. If you lose both to Michigan and lose that first game, you're going to be 500. Oh, wait, 14. No, you'll be 14 and 13, right? Yeah. 14. Yeah. So they would be one game above 500. So I wouldn't be shocked if they lost all three, because here's the thing. Two losses to Michigan doesn't hurt you at all. That doesn't hurt your standing one bit. And then you're probably going to play a Rutgers, a Maryland, a Wisconsin. All those teams are ranked higher than you as well. So how much does that hurt you? Maybe a little bit. Not 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 like Michigan. Um, but your, your your wins are still there. I I tend to believe yes, they need to win if they don't beat Michigan either game. They would do themselves a big giant favor by winning that first game. Uh, in Indy next week because it's going to be against a team that's probably a tournament team, whether it's Maryland. So, for what so, you're saying, you you sound like you believe that they're in right now, even no matter what I, happens. I, I I would say probably, but I don't feel 
it may be like 51, 49%. Okay. You know, it wouldn't shock me if they still got in, but you don't exactly want to go into that Sunday uh, with three more losses, even though none of them would be bad. Obviously, yeah, you beat Michigan in any of these games. Forget it. It's over. Yeah. Well, a couple um, things helped. Yeah. I mean, obviously, um, in beating Indiana twice helped because you're basically, fight, according to most bracketologists, fighting for that one of those last spots. You beat Indiana twice. Minnesota's fall from grace probably helps you because the Big Ten Conference is a great conference and, you know, they're going to get a lot of teams in. So there, there's some things that are helping them that are out, you know, yeah. that are outside just what, you know, what's going on on the court necessarily. So um, that's interesting. From your perspective, James, um, the number one seed, uh, a number one seed, um, how much is how much do you see that as uh, something that's in danger? What, what needs to happen for them to keep it? What needs to happen for them to lose it? Uh, well, I think to lose it, they probably have to lose out. They probably have to lose both these games to Michigan State, and then probably lose their their opening game in the Big Ten tournament. But I mean, I don't really see that happening. Um, honestly, I think this loss to Illinois is probably the worst thing that could have happened for Michigan State heading into this Thursday game. Because I mean, if Michigan would have won, they obviously would have clinched the title. And I mean, they obviously, I mean, that's a huge goal. Maybe they would have, you know, maybe these games. I know they're rivalries, but maybe they would have less meaning to Michigan. I mean, it's like at that point, I mean, they've already kind of clinched, clinched the goal and checked one of their goals off the, off the list. But I mean, losing to Illinois now in, in the fashion that they did, I mean, getting embarrassed at home. Um, I mean, I feel like they're going to be motivated and probably ticked off heading into that, to the uh, Thursday's matchup. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't see them, I mean, losing out given, you know, with what's at stake. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really see them. Uh, I think they've probably pretty much already secured a, a one seed. I mean, at this point, I, I think they, are like what one of the they have are have I don't know how many quad one wins they have or whatever but they're up there like towards tops of the nation so uh, I feel like they're they're pretty much already you know uh, safe to kind of lock up the uh, a number one seed heading into the tournament like I said regardless I mean I think the only way I could see them maybe slipping down to the two line is if they they bottom out here and lose three in a row but I just don't see that happening you know. Um, yeah. I don't think any of us see that happening, but uh, uh, as we wrap up here, what do we see happening over these next two games? Obviously, at U of M on Thursday, at home, uh, or Michigan State's at home in East Lansing on Sunday. Uh, start with you, Matt. Um, what happens? A split? 2-0, uh, 0-2? Oh, what happens? I want Michigan State to win Thursday night, so Justin Rose is sweating, eating dog food. I don't know if you saw on Twitter. What did he, he say? He said that they win them both? Or is that he said think? if Michigan State sweeps, he'd eat dog food. So I just want Michigan State to win Thursday just so he's sweating come Sunday afternoon. Um, I don't think that's going to – I think he's safe. Um, There's – I would predict Michigan wins both these games. I think think it's almost certain they win tomorrow night and a lot based on what James said and the way the Illinois game went. I think it's going to be really tough to beat Michigan tomorrow night at home. I think Michigan State's best chances on Sunday – um, but it's like, like we said, the same stuff. They, they've got to play really efficiently and they're not a terribly efficient team and they need Michigan, you know, to struggle with some things. And we just haven't seen that that much this year. So, I mean, odds are to me, Michigan wins both these games. If Michigan state pulls one off, I think it would be Sunday and you'd need, you'd need everybody doing what we've seen. You need rocket Watts to show up. First of all, um, I think it's possible. You never know in these rivalry games. But if you're, if I have to pick, I say Michigan wins them both. But Michigan State gives them a run on Sunday. Yeah, Rocket Watts, he's been on a milk carton for a long time. Yeah. Um, Hawk, what what about you? What's to you? 
Uh, I agree. I just think Michigan has too many mismatch at too many positions. You know, Franz Wagner and Isaiah Livers are just a nightmare for opposing teams. And then obviously, like we said with Hunter, um, he's just the difference. I mean, no one really has anyone that can usually stand up to him. I mean, very few teams do. Um, so I agree with Matt. I, I just, I just think Michigan just has, you know, more skill, more talent. Um, I mean, I mean, you just look at the, look at the rankings and the stats, I mean, in efficiency or whatever you want to, any metric you want to use, I just, I mean, at least on paper, I mean, obviously right. you know, anything can happen in these rivalry games, but. Well, that's, think and, says, and that's mm-hmm. the metric you can't, that's the metric, the metric there's no number for in the net ranking. There's no number for that. And there's no number for Tom Izzo. Uh, say what you want about the guy, but it's March and, you know, weird things happen in March and Izzo has a reputation of making those things happen. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to, I'm going to say split. I'm going to go away from you guys. I think Michigan state finds a way. And I think it could actually be tomorrow. Uh, wow. I think I, I think I like them better tomorrow because I think the initial matchup um, without, you know, without having seen them before might, uh, might be their best chance. So that's, I'm just going out on a limb. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, my, uh, I, I haven't been very good at the whole sports uh, gambling thing in the last couple of weeks. I, I said bet the house on Michigan covering yesterday. Uh, so if uh, if you guys have a couch I can crash on uh, for a couple of weeks, that would be great. Um, so uh, uh, tomorrow uh, or Thursday is the first game. Uh, and Sharps, I hear that they're locking you out of the building. They're not letting me in. No, I, 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 I yeah, I succumbed to the, the COVID uh uh, what almost two weeks ago now, and uh, they've said no, you're not. Co- I think it's because, um, I don't know, they just don't like me, yeah. So we'll do it from home, but I'll be there Sunday, yeah. All right, that's pretty impressive. Sorry, I- sorry, Hawk, I won't see you there, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. how, was, how was the COVID? I mean, did you have any major symptoms? Or no, I was fine, a little stuffiness, yeah. lost my sense of smell. Mm. That's it, otherwise, right. I just drove my wife crazy. Right. Yeah. Which is part which is a daily thing anyway. Nah, nonsense. Come on. Uh, all right. Great stuff. Um, follow all the coverage, preview coverage coming up later today, DetroitNews.com. Uh, and of course the game coverage Thursday and, and Sunday, also DetroitNews.com. You can, by the way, get a great deal on a subscription. Come join the fun. It's a dollar for three months. And I said this last time when it was a dollar for six months, I'll say it again today. If you can't afford the dollar sign up, I will Venmo you the dollar. Um, support local journalism. It's important. Follow Charbonneau on Twitter at Matt Charbonneau. Hawkins on Twitter at what the hell's your Twitter? Is it James B. Yeah, Hawkins? James B. Hawkins? What? Oh, James B. Hawkins. What is my Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> There's a B in there. Come on. Oh, yeah, James B. Hawkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James Hawkins was taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a famous name. So, uh, yeah. So follow James and Matt on Twitter. I'm at Tony Paul 1984. Again, not talking much politics these days. So if that pissed you off, Back in October, November, you can come back. It's a, it's a politics-free zone for the most part. So, uh, yeah, so check us out. We'll be back to recap these games probably um, Sunday or Monday and also look ahead to the Big Ten tournament. And uh, this is a fun time of year, best time of year, uh, March Madness. So, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us, gentlemen. Enjoy the games. See ya. 